Hello and welcome to another Sunday podcast episode. My name's Ray. We'll start off with a weather forecast. No, not forecast, report today. 16 degrees Celsius. Oh, it's quarter past seven, by the way, in the morning. Quarter past seven. 16 degrees centigrade, which is 60.8 Fahrenheit, apparently, according to Alexa. Oh, sorry, mustn't say that. Um, so that's not too bad, is it? It's meant to be warming up this weekend. It's a Friday, by the way. Friday today. That's the temperature. 59% humidity. No rain forecast at all for at least another week or two. 1020 millibars is the barometric pressure. Do you want the wind direction? Oh, it's coming from the north. Oh, good grief. It's coming from the north. Oh, well, there we are. No, no rain at all, which isn't good because everywhere really is drying up now. Hosepipe ban in uh, Hampshire, Isle of Wight, I think East Sussex. I don't think it's here yet where we are, uh, West Sussex. I don't think we've got the hose pipe ban. Mind you, I don't use the hose pipe anyway. Well, actually, I use the hose to fill the watering can. I could just as easily use the tap. I think you're allowed to do that. It's, it's the hose pipe that takes all the water, isn't it? People wash their cars with the hose and they water the lawn and all the plants with the hose. Whereas filling a watering can from a tap just to water a few pots is is a lot different. It saves water, of course. They were saying on the telly this morning that we haven't built any new reservoirs in Britain for 30 years, 30 years. Now, the population has increased, obviously. Oh, and also, how many, uh, what was it, how many billions of litres of water are lost a day? I don't know, a few billion litres of water every day are lost through leaks. I suppose the network of pipes, if you think of the whole country, the network of pipes, it must be incredible. There's bound to be leaks all over the place. I don't know how they could ever, well, they'd have to replace everything. They are, aren't they? I believe they are replacing a lot of the pipes. We've now got a plastic pipe to our house. They're blue, aren't they, the water? Gas pipe is yellow. We've got a new gas pipe as well. Not that you're interested in our gas pipe. I'm sure you're not. There again, you might be saying, oh, yeah, I like to know about your gas pipe. <laughs> Our gas pipe was an iron pipe coming in from the street because this house is 100 years old. And when they eventually put gas lighting in the houses, they used iron pipes. Of course, they rust and ours was just blocked up. Didn't work properly, had all sorts of problems. So what they did, they put a, a plastic pipe, they poked it through the iron pipe They blew it out with compressed air from in the house and it all shot up where they dug up the road outside. It all shot up there, all this old rust and bits and pieces. Then they poked this yellow plastic pipe through the iron pipe up into our cupboard under the stairs. New gas meter. Bob's your uncle or your dad. So that's good. When we first moved here, I was doing some rewiring and things, lifted the floorboards up. And in the small bedroom upstairs, under the floor there, there's the original gas lighting piping. It's a very thin pipe. And I left it there. I thought, well, I'm not going to rip all that out. It's history, isn't it? It's all part of the house. And it's the original gas... What's that huge lorry going past now? Yeah, original gas lighting. That's before they had electricity here. So I like things like that. I was quite fascinated to see all that. And as I say... More traffic. Goodness me, it's very early in the morning for all this traffic. Where's everyone going? 
So I left all that in situ because I like all that sort of thing. I've never liked the idea of ripping things out of old houses. People used to rip out fireplaces back in the 60s. Oh, we don't want a fireplace, we don't want all that nonsense. And in the 70s, rip all that lot out, get rid of the fireplace and have uh, gas central heating. And of course, then later on, everyone wanted a fireplace. Oh, we need a fireplace. And of course, people that were in the know, secondhand dealers and you know, scrap metal merchants and whatever, they collected fireplaces. They got them all for nothing because people were ripping them out and throwing them away. And then, oh, have you got any fireplaces? Ah, oh, yes, certainly there's one there. That's a hundred pounds. There's a nice one there, 150 pounds. <laughs> so they made a bit of a killing. Well, why not? Serves people right for chucking them away. I've never ripped a fireplace out. It's not the sort of thing I would do. I just, as I say, I like everything original. Apart from the windows, of course, we have got double glazing. We had to have that done because the old windows here, oh, so one or two of them were actually original. And the glass, it was, I don't know, it was like greenhouse glass. It had a lot of flaws in it, you know. It was quite thin and it must have been the original well, what would have been now a hundred-year-old glass. And, of course, it gets brittle, doesn't it, as glass ages. So we've had new windows, but uh, we've had a new tiled roof as well because it was slate, and slate isn't too good. But apart from that, we've tried to keep everything original. Now, this episode is all about compulsive liars. Do you know any compulsive liars? I do. There was one chap, I'm going to call him Tony, that wasn't his name, one chap, I was after a lathe, you know, a metalwork type lathe, a bench one, not one of these huge factory type lathes, just one to put on a bench to do a little bit of metalwork. And I mentioned this to Tony, leave it with me, he said, leave it with me, I'll sort that out. I know a man, I know a man. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And uh, I said, oh, okay, great, thank you, you know, this is brilliant. Because I've been looking round for one, couldn't find anything decent. After a week or so, he said, right, I found a lathe for you. It's in Winchester. I said, OK, what, we're going to pick it up? No, 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 the chap's going to bring it down. OK, that's great. I said, yeah, what, what do I owe you? Tell me how much. I'm paying for it. I'm going to buy you the lathe. Put your money away. It's a gift from me to you. Oh, wow, OK, thanks, Tony. Brilliant. I was a bit gullible, I must admit, because I knew Tony of old, and I knew that him and the truth were <laughs> never that close together but the lathe he was just so convincing he told me all about it what make it was and what type it was and what came with it apparently there were a load of accessories with it sounded fantastic I cleared a space in um, what I called my metal work shed at the time cleared the bench there got it all set up ready for the lathe and after I don't know about a month I think went by he was saying, yeah, the chap's going to bring it down. Don't worry, he's going to bring it down this weekend. And then, oh, well, he had trouble with his van. Oh, OK. After about six weeks, I said, look, Tony, shall we go to Winchester? I don't mind driving there and back. We'll have a day out. No, 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 no. He'll bring it down. I said, well, look, I don't mind. You know, I was getting a bit desperate to see the lathe. I've been quite excited about it. And I said, let's just go and pick it up. Just tell him, you know, we can be there whenever he wants whatever suits him no 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 it's coming down this sunday right this sunday now this sunday in question was a family barbecue at my sister-in-law's house 
So I thought, well, OK, I, I won't be able to go to that. I told the family and Trish, I said, look, I'm not doing the Barbie. I've got to stay here because the lathe at last is turning up. So Sunday came, Trish went off to the Barbie. I waited in all day after lunch, nothing. I rang Tony in the afternoon. I haven't heard from him. Don't worry, he'll be on his way. Don't worry. The evening came, Trish came home from the Barbie, nothing. I phoned Tony on Monday and I said, well, I stayed in all day. What happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, he had a bit of trouble with whatever. I can't remember his van again or something or other. And in the end, after, what was it, two, three, I think it was three months went by, he dragged this out for three months. Oh, yes, it's going to be all right. He'll bring it down. Oh, don't worry. He'll bring it down. I said to him, look, Tony, there is no lathe. Is there? Oh, no, 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 there is, there is. Honest, I promise there is a lathe. I said, Tony, there isn't a lathe, is there? It's all rubbish. And he just went very quiet and he said, yeah, um, there was a lathe, but it's all gone wrong. Sorry, uh, there isn't a lathe now. OK, that was that. I should have known better because I knew that he was a compulsive liar. But what really got me, a mutual friend of ours, Dave. Dave didn't have much money. He's one of these radio chaps like I am, you know, radio amateur, a radio ham. And Tony said to him, I'm going to buy you a new radio, Dave. He said, you've done a lot for me. I'm going to buy you a new radio. £600 they were, this particular radio. 600 And I said to Dave, uh, be careful because Tony does tend to uh, lie a bit, <laughs> a lot. And he said, oh, no, no, this is right. It's genuine. Anyway, I, I won't go on about it. The radio turned up after about two weeks, various delays. The radio turned up, but it was delivered to a neighbour's house. Tony said, oh, so sorry, the neighbour sent it back. Another week or two went by. Oh, the radio's turned up, but they sent the wrong one. I had to send it back. Now, this Dave, you know, he was pretty upset about it all. He'd been so looking forward to it. And I said to Tony, how could you do that to Dave? You did it to me with the lathe, and now you've done it to Dave. And I said, he's a really nice chap. He's done a lot for you, and you treat him like this. Oh, no, 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 there was a radio. No, I'll have to reorder it. And I said, no, let, forget it. Let's end our friendship, which we did. He rang me about a year later and he said, look, I really miss our chats. Can we get back together? I know I'm a compulsive liar. I can't help it. I don't know why I am. I just can't help it. And I said, OK, yeah, we'll be friends. But it was never the same after that. But isn't that strange? Why did he have to tell all those lies? Another thing he did... I remember he said to me, oh, I'm having a new kitchen fitted. And I said, oh, well, that'd be nice. And I thought, hang on, he lives in a council house, doesn't he? So the council would fit new kitchens. And I happened to pop round there for something. And I said, everyone round here, they're all having new kitchens fitted because it's council. Oh, no, 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 no. I bought this from the council. This is my own. So I said, well, how come the council are fitting a new kitchen for you? Oh, I've done a deal with the the chaps, and as he said that, I just said, Tony, no, stop there. And he, he looked at me and he said, sorry, I'm doing it again, aren't I? I said, yes, you don't own the place, it's council. He couldn't help it. Isn't that strange? He just could not help lying. Another huge lorry going by. Had a radio amateur friend back in the 60s, early 70s, and he'd been a radio officer in the Merchant Navy. And he was always telling me about his trips around the world. Now, I was particularly interested because I had given some serious thought to join the Navy as a radio officer. I'd learnt Morse code. 
I was a licensed radio amateur and that was my hobby. I was a radio and television engineer. I want to get paid for seeing the world. This chap had told me so much about it, all the countries he'd been to and how he'd saved money because on the ship, there was a bar on the ship, unlike these days, you can't drink. Radio officers aren't allowed to drink. But he said, uh, apart from the bar, which was very cheap, you got cigarettes for nothing and all this sort of thing. Fantastic. And I was really interested in everything he had to say. It was only a couple of years later, still in the 1970s we were, I was seriously thinking about it. And I mentioned it to a friend and I said, oh, he's, uh, I'm not going to say, let's call him Ken. I said, Ken was in, uh, in the Navy, radio officer. He said, no, he wasn't. He said, I've known Ken since we were at school together. He's never been in the Navy. What are you talking about? And I said, but he's told me all sorts of stories about going around the world and various countries he's been to. No, 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 he said, no, he's never been in the Navy. He wasn't a radio officer in the Navy at all. So this chap, Ken, as I've called him, compulsive liar. The stuff he's come out with since. I, we don't speak anymore. I got fed up with him in the end. He was coming up with so much rubbish. The older he got, the more rubbish he came out with. And in the end, I said, no, no, that's it. End of finish. You know, I don't suffer fools gladly. I don't suffer them at all. And he was a total fool. Honestly, some of the stuff he came out with was just totally incredible. Well, it was total lies. Now, this is funny. I'm not going to mention any names or anything. There's a mother, okay, a, a mother in her, what, late 30s and her boy, who's eight years old. And they went to a, a fun park, an amusement park. And one of the rides there, you had to be 10 years old. And she said to him, look, you're, you're eight, okay, so you can't go on that ride. Now, he was a big lad for eight. He looked 10 years old easily, if not 11 or 12. He was quite a big, you know, strong lad. And she said, little white lie, when we get to the gate and the man asks, just say you're 10. And he said, yeah, but I'm eight. And she said, no, 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 it's just a, a little white lie. They call it a white lie. Then you can go on the ride. And he said, oh, OK, so you want me to lie. But you've always told me I must never lie. You've always said I must never, ever tell lies. And she, she was saying, well, yeah, th this is different. It's a white lie. <laughs> so in the end, she convinced him, you know, if you want to go on the ride, you're going to have to say you're 10. Anyway, she went up to the, the gate and the chap said, right, how old are you, young man? And he said, I'm eight. <laughs> he couldn't lie, bless him. So he, you know, he looked rather disappointed, the lad, and he said, oh, OK, I'll have to wait two years. And the, the chap said, look, it's quiet today. He said, you're a big lad. If your mum goes on with you, because he wanted to go on his own, you see. If your mum goes on with you, off you go. You can go on the ride. So that was good. And it turned out that the friend they were with said, there you are. Honesty always pays. I thought that quite a funny story, mum wanting him to lie. He got onto the ride anyway, albeit with his mum. So honesty does pay, doesn't it? He got his ride in the end without lying. Talking of honesty reminds me of politicians. I know those two words don't go together, honesty and politician. <laughs> Far from it. But uh, someone said the other day, uh, they were talking about Boris Johnson and Liz Truss, you know, this conservative battle for premiership you know one of them is going to be the next prime minister all this nonsense going on no one takes any notice everyone's bored with it fed up to the back teeth I think I said that last week didn't I 
What does that mean, fed up to the back teeth? Does fed mean fed as in had food? I don't know. I was going to look that up and I never did. I must do that. Fed up to the back teeth. Anyway, perhaps it means, yes, you're full up. You've had so much food that it reaches all the way up from your stomach to your back teeth. That doesn't sound very logical, does it? Do you like that explanation? No, I don't. So this chap was saying about it being a prime minister and he said, who in their right mind would want to be prime minister or president of whatever country? And I had to agree with him. Can you imagine being prime minister of, say, Britain, for example? Why would anyone in their right mind want to do it? Whatever they do, they get slagged off for it. Every newspaper, radio, television, all going on at the prime minister. Everything is his fault. If it rains, it's his or her fault. The stress levels must be incredible. The money isn't that good. I don't know, what are they on, 140,000 or something? Right, you think, well, that's a lot. I'm only on 30 or I'm only on 40 or even 15. Uh, Some people are only on 15. So it sounds like a lot of money, but the stress and the, the constant sniping from people, various newspapers, television stations, the radio station, all going on and it, no matter what you do it's wrong if you do something right it's well, well they should have done that years ago who in their right mind would want to be well any politician let alone prime minister i mean there was trump wasn't all the trouble he had then now biden is it yeah biden oh he just gets slagged off all the time all around the world and poor old boris i say poor old boris because yeah whether you you like him or not whether you're conservative or not He really did have to take some stick, didn't he? And now old Starmer, he's getting a load of stick about beer gate and what was it, uh, curry gate? Curry gate, yeah, he had curry and beer one night when apparently he wasn't supposed to, I don't know. Boris got fined, Starmer didn't, Keir Starmer didn't get fined. And of course, they, they all lie anyway. I think to be, as I said to this friend of mine, to be a good politician, you've got to be a, a very good liar. It does appear to be true, doesn't it? They all seem to, a lot of them get caught out lying. But they even get out of that. They wiggle out of that, don't they? It's all quite clever, really. Reminds me of that song. Oh, who sang it? I can't remember his name. It wasn't me. You know, you caught me something in the bathroom. It wasn't me. (laughs) I think he was seeing the girl next door, wasn't he? And he kept saying to his partner he, he lived with his wife whoever no no it wasn't me oh he saw me doing this and that but it wasn't me a bit like politicians oh yeah yeah I did say that well I, I said that but it wasn't me <laughs> I don't know I would hate to be a politician I would absolutely hate it have you ever lied let me know raise rants at protonmail.com come on let's have your lies bring them out what is it skeleton in the cupboard bring your skeletons out of the cupboard tell me what lies you've told not little white lies have you ever told any whoppers any huge lies <laughs> they say everyone's got a skeleton in the cupboard don't they which is another strange expression a skeleton in the cupboard does that mean that you've done away with someone and you've hid them in the cupboard <laughs> so that's your skeleton in the cupboard i don't know They fascinate me. A lot of these old sayings and expressions, they fascinate me. I've just made myself a cup of coffee. The weather now, beautiful blue sky out there. It really is warming up. So hopefully it's going to be a nice day. I put my shorts on yesterday. The reason I did that, not for the the weather so much, I had to go to the hospital. I had an appointment at uh, 10 to 2 for an x-ray on my knee. 
I don't know whether I've ranted and raved about my knee before. Hello, what's that? Is that a news alert? No, no, that's that's our WhatsApp group in the road. Just the neighbours talking about what's going on. There was a, a couple of lads last night. They were trying car doors. Someone's got them on video. Various people have got cameras. They were just trying all the car doors and luckily they're all locked. But a bit cheeky. That was quarter to five this morning. So not sort of late after the pubs had closed or anything like that. Quarter to five this morning. So of course all the neighbours are chatting about that on WhatsApp now. So yes, I went to the hospital. Do you know, I've never had a problem with the NHS, the National Health Service. They've always been fantastic. I've had a couple of major operations in my time. Absolutely brilliant. The people, friendly, caring, absolutely brilliant. Can't fault them at all. I know some people, you get one person with a bad experience. I know you hear stories about people on a trolley in a corridor for 48 hours or something. And I've thought, I've, I've never experienced anything like that, but presumably it's true. It does happen. Mistakes are made, especially in a, a massive organisation like the NHS. But mine was perfect. I went along there. I got there early. I always do early, you know, 20 minutes early. The appointment was 10 to 2. I was there at half past one. And, you know, the chap called me in. I had the x-rays done on my knee. I was out of the hospital at 10 to 2. I was, I was out. And that was my appointment time. So it all went so perfectly, so smooth, no problems at all. I've got to wait about a week, then my GP will get the result and he'll contact me and say, well, we've got to cut your knee off or drill holes in your kneecap or whatever they're going to do. I don't know what's wrong with it. Ten weeks ago it was when I twisted it, getting mother-in-law's shopping out of my car, which I was had to deliver. Twisted my leg, twisted my knee and it clicked and it's been a nightmare ever since. They've given me a load of painkillers to take. All that did was give me stomach ache. <laughs> so I stopped taking those. Anyway, we've now had a few x-rays. So we'll see what uh, what that throws up. I don't know whether you noticed that. I said we've now had a few x-rays. We haven't at all. Why am I saying we? Me. I have had a few x-rays. I hate it when people do that. And I've done it myself. It's awful. So this girl I knew, she said to me, I used to work in California. I worked out in California for six months. She was about 18. I was, what, 20, something like that. Back in the in the good old days, in the 60s, when I was a boy. And she told me all about this job she'd had in California, all about Los Angeles, fantastic place. And I was impressed. I wanted to go to America. I did eventually. I went in 1975, three weeks in uh, Los Angeles. Really nice. So one day, after I got to know her a little bit better, we were going out together. I met her mum and dad. She was getting ready upstairs and I said to her mum, great to go to California, work out there for six months. I, uh, I'd love to do something like that. And her mum said, oh, she's told you that one, has she? And I said, uh, yes, about working in California. Oh, it's all lies. She said, don't take me notice. She's never been outside the country, let alone to California. Anyway, this girl came down. And she said, what are you telling Ray the California lies for? Oh, well, I'd like to have worked out there, she said, and just dismissed it. And I thought that was rather odd. She told me this blatant lie, talked about it not just once, but many times when we met about Los Angeles. And then, oh, yeah, it wasn't true. Just dismiss it. How odd. I knew another girl. 
I met her and she said, I can't have any children. I don't know why she said that, because I had no intention of marrying her. I'd only known her two weeks. Can't have any children. I just said, oh, that's sad. I didn't ask why and she didn't say why. I didn't really want to know. I just said, oh, that's sad. And she said, yeah, it is. It's, it's a great shame. Just won't ever be able to have children. About five years later, I bumped into her and she had a couple of kids with her. One in a pushchair and a toddler walking along. And she said, oh, these are, this is my son, this is my daughter. I said, I thought you couldn't have children. Said, no, who told you that? I said, well, you did. I've never said that in my life. How odd. She told me that she couldn't have kids. And then when she had a couple of kids, she denied saying it. Now, isn't that strange? A friend of mine was going to work abroad for a year. His name was Derek. And he said to me before he went, could you look after Cheryl, that's his girlfriend, and I said, yeah, what do you mean look after her? And he said, well, when you all go clubbing and down the pub, you meet her down the pub on a Friday, we, which we often did. He said, perhaps you could take her along to, so she's not sitting at home for a year with nothing to do. And I said, yeah, fine. So I, I used to pick her up and drive her into town or wherever we were going. Not that often, but uh, a few times. He got back from his year abroad. We bumped into each other and he ignored me. And I said, uh, yeah, what's happening? Hello, what's happening? Just totally ignored me. Didn't speak to me for a year. He'd been away for a year, got back, didn't speak to me for a year. Apparently, this Cheryl had said to him that I'd been going out with her. I'd been pestering her and trying to get her to go out with me, you know, as a couple, not just look after her as he had suggested I do, which I did. I, that, that was as far as it went. She told him all sorts of lies about a year after, he wasn't speaking to me, saw him in the street. Oh, hello, Ray, how are you doing? And I said, what was all that about? And he said, oh, sorry, yeah, it was her. She told me a load of lies about you. And I said, well, so you didn't speak to me for a year. Why didn't you come and ask me, you know? There we are. That's uh, another compulsive liar. She was a compulsive liar. Apparently, several of her future relationships after that all ended in disaster because of her lying all the time. In fact, I've just thought of this other girl. No, I won't go on about that. How, how come all the girls I know tell lies? No, this one, she we'd been out for a while, then split up. She got this other chap, and he came and found me in the pub one night. He said, are you Ray? I said, yes. He said, can you leave, her name was Linda, can you leave Linda alone? I said, what do you mean? I haven't seen Linda. We split up six months ago. What are you talking about? Oh, she told me that you've been after her, you've been phoning, you've been pestering her. I said, I've done nothing of the sort. I said, we split up six months ago. He said, well, I don't believe you. I'm just telling you, can you leave her alone? What was that all about? Why was she telling him that? Oh, yeah, he said, we're getting married. I thought, well, more fool you. I knew a chap once. He was selling me a radio. I'd known him for years, selling me a radio. He said, I've done all the work on it. I've replaced all the old capacitors, as they're called in there. I've done a lot of work on it. He'd said on the phone, £15. I said, uh, OK, I'll buy it. I went round his house to pick it up. I said, there's the £15. And he said, no, no, we said 20 And I said, no, we, we said 15 No, 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 no. He said, don't try that on with me. And I thought, what's he on about? I said, OK, leave it, just forget it. Oh, you can have it for 15 then. And I said, no, come on, look, it was 15 Why are you trying this on with me? Anyway, I bought it for 15 in the end got it home. He hadn't done any work on it at all. I rang him. I mean, I was quite happy with it, but I rang him and I said, all these bits that you've changed and all the work you've done on it, you haven't done anything to it. 
Oh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, I've replaced all the parts. I've replaced them so professionally, you probably can't notice the new ones from the original. I'm just talking rubbish. Aren't people strange? What is it? Now, queer as folk. I think I did a, a podcast episode called that, didn't I? Now, queer as folk. They certainly are queer. I think we've had enough of liars for one episode, haven't we? One more thing. Chap said to me, I've built... It's a, I won't go into what it was, a bit of electronic equipment. He said, I built it myself. And he was selling it to me, you see. And I said, yeah, that's really good. You've done an amazing job. It was a fantastic job. He built a wooden cabinet for it. A bit of a test equipment it was. And it looked really nice. All this varnished wood, stained and varnished. It worked really well. Fantastic. And I was praising him. I said, I am impressed. You've done an amazing job. It's fantastic. Anyway, I bought this thing from him. And when I got it home, I took the back off of the wooden panel on the back, wanted to have a look inside. Inside the back cover, glued uh, to the back cover inside, was a bit of paper, typewritten bit of paper with a, this chap's name on it. I knew the chap, his name and his radio call sign and the date and some notes about how he'd built it. Just a few notes about the wiring for anyone future reference, you know, which is a good idea. I do that if I modify a bit of equipment or whatever. I stick a bit of paper in there just with a few notes as to what I've done. This chap hadn't built it at all. Blatant lies. He hadn't built it at all. This other chap had. And I contacted this other chap and I said, how come, you know, you, you got rid of it? It's a lovely bit of gear. And he said to me, I didn't sell that. He said, where, where did you get it from? And I told him, he said, that was stolen. <laughs> One of the radio rallies or whatever, I can't remember what it was. There's more dinging going on now. News alerts and all sorts going on. Yeah, one of these rallies or get-togethers, fests, is it? Ham fest, whatever they call them. I don't know what they call them. I don't go to any of them because they're boring. But someone had nicked it. Ended. I don't think the chap I bought it from had actually nicked it. But uh, anyway, I gave it back to him, the original owner. And I went and saw the other chap, explained everything, got my money back. And he's, he told me where he got it from. And I think in the end they found the culprit. But, uh, but uh, goodness me, surrounded by thieves and liars. I've never felt the, the need to get a bit of gear, pretend I built it, pretend it was all, all my work when it was someone else's. I don't know why people want to do that. I suppose it makes them, they think it makes them look good, does it, somehow? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't understand the, the psychology of all this lying. There's more dinging. I'm going to have to find out. Hang on a minute. I must find out what's going on. That's the neighbours on WhatsApp talking about the couple of lads that were trying car doors. Apparently they were trying back gates as well. Just chances, uh, as people are saying, just chancing their luck. Never know who might find a car unlocked. A suitcase, a briefcase on the back seat with £5,000 in news notes. Highly unlikely, really. <laughs> you won't find £5,000 in news notes in our car. You'd be lucky to find five pence. We've got pretty good security here. We've got uh, cameras. A lot of the people in the road have got cameras. Outside lights come on. We've got a pretty bright light that comes on if you go anywhere near the driveway. Round the back, I've got security stuff. The sheds are alarmed. The patio is alarmed. If you walk on the patio, it sets the security alarm off at night you can't move anywhere in or outside the house well you can upstairs but downstairs you don't breathe because you'll set the burglar alarm off 
you can't go in the garden. Don't go anywhere near the sheds because it'll set off. It's good. It's good. I, I like it. A couple of the neighbours have said to me, are, are our cameras all right? They're not facing your front drive, are they? I, I don't want you to think that we're trying to look at your driveway. And I said, no, you carry on. Stick your cameras where you like. You know, the more the better. If they cover our driveway as well, that's even better. I don't know how burglars stand a chance these days, you know, house break-ins and stuff. Cameras everywhere. I suppose they wear hoodies, don't they? So you can't see, even though it's all on video, you can't see who it is anyway. I suppose that's what they go for. And of course, wearing gloves, there's no fingerprints. So all the cameras everywhere don't really help at all, do they? I remember back in the 1970s, there was a shop somewhere that kept getting robbed. They kept getting in the back window and he put bars up and everything over this window, but they still got in. So what he did, he connected these metal bars to the you know, the mains electricity, 230 volts. I don't know whether the, the thieves or one of them got killed, electrocuted, or whether they were just severely shocked. I don't know what happened, but the, the shopkeeper was done for it. I'm not sure whether the thief died or not, but the shopkeeper was done because they said, yeah, you, you can't do that. It's dangerous. In fact, there was something the other day I read about a lady had, what had she done? Oh, she'd put uh, something on top of her wall. Was it broken glass or something on top of her wall? And uh, the, the cops said to her, you can't do that. You know, that's illegal to do that. They used to do that a lot. I remember as a kid, walking around in town, a lot of walls had broken glass cemented into the top. It was to stop people climbing over. So this lady did that. Was it glass or spikes or something? And she said, oh, I'm within my right. And this policeman apparently said to her, burglars have rights as well, you know. And she went mental. Rights? What do you mean rights? This is the difficulty, isn't it? If someone breaks into your home, now, like in America where a lot of people have got guns. If someone breaks in and you shoot them, well, is that murder? Is it self-defence? Is it manslaughter? I don't know. I think now in America it's changed, hasn't it? I think you're allowed to shoot people. If someone comes into your house, you're allowed to shoot them. Because there have been cases here in Britain where someone's broken in. There was an old boy, wasn't there? He was a ex-SAS man, ex-Marine and even though he was in his 70s, this young chap in his 20s broke in and the old man in his 70s beat him up. This young man didn't stand a chance. He obviously thought, oh, that this old fool in his 70s, he'll be a pushover. No way was he a pushover. He really did beat this young man up quite badly. Some people said, oh, well, he shouldn't have done that. He went too far. Others have said, well, you break into someone's house, you know, it's your own fault if you get shot or beaten up or hit over the head with a stick or a chair or something. There was that farmer, wasn't there, years ago. A couple of 16-year-old lads, was it, kept robbing his farm. On a weekly basis, apparently, they were robbing his farm. He got his shotgun out, blasted one of them. I'm not sure what happened to him. He was guilty, I think. Manslaughter, was it? He was guilty. But, but again, people were saying, well, look, you rob somewhere like that, knowing that the farmer's got a shotgun. I mean, all farmers have shotguns. You're likely to get shot. It's difficult, isn't it? What do you do? See, the problem is, say there's someone I don't like. Well, I don't like anyone, but <laughs> say there's one in particular. No, seriously. There's one chap in particular I don't like. So I say to him, look, pop round tonight. 
I've got something for you. I've got some cash for you, whatever. Lure him round, get him into my house. Okay, he comes in, I kill him. Then I say to the cops, he broke in. I kicked my front door in or something. He broke in and I whacked him and I've killed him. I didn't mean to. This is the problem, isn't it? This is why the, the law says, you, you know, you can't just kill people even though they've broken in because it might be a setup. I don't know. I have no intention of killing anyone anyway. But in that situation, imagine that situation, you know, you wake up in the night, you go downstairs and there's someone in your house. What do you do? I don't know. Is it a good idea to even go downstairs? I don't know. We'll save that one for another episode. Well, that was scary. I've just had a message from my doctor from the surgery. Please contact the surgery. That's all I read. For goodness me. I only just had the x-ray yesterday. Do they want to cut my knee off? Nothing to do with that. Something about a blood test. I have regular blood tests. You have all this when you're old. Not that I'm old. <laughs> There's a blood test you have to have and various other things. But I'm doing okay. I'm doing very well, actually, apart from my knee, which is hurting now as... I nearly said, as we speak, as I speak. Okay, so that's enough about robberies and burglars and stuff. The cops do say in your back garden, for example, have prickly bushes up against the fence so, you know, people can't climb over. Don't make it easy for them. Have a padlock on your back gate that's locked from the inside so if someone does get over a fence, they can't then just open the gate and walk out with your lawnmower or whatever they found. They'd have a job to carry the lawnmower back over a six-foot fence, wouldn't they? So keep that padlocked inside. There's all sorts you can do. I think I've told you before, we have an electric fence to keep the foxes away from the rabbits. Well, one rabbit now, oh, that's, that reminds me. Disaster the other day, the other evening, disaster. One rabbit left. We went out there to give him his treat, as his little biscuit that he has. And he was just in his run, outside in the run, just sort of half asleep, not moving. And we went up to him, Trish went up to him and stroked him. So I stroked him. He's never, ever let us do that before. And we thought, this is it. He's obviously coming to the end. And then Trish picked him up and he was nuzzling into her as she cuddled him and she kissed his head. He's been nothing like that in the past. Go anywhere near him, he'll take the biscuit and then run off. You know, he won't let you touch him. And there she was actually picking him up and cuddling him. And this is exactly what happened with Hetty, the last rabbit. She allowed Trish to do that and she died that night. So we thought, that's it. He won't be with us in the morning. And, you know, it was all very sad. We were up very early, out the following morning to have a look at him. And there he was looking up. Where's my breakfast? <laughs> and he's been as right as rain ever since. So that's strange, isn't it? Because rabbits apparently don't get ill. They don't have sort of illnesses. They just die. And he's still going. I mean, he's very old. He does spend most of his time sleeping. Either sleeping or eating. That's all he does now. He doesn't hop around anymore. I suppose, which is what old people do, isn't it? They just sit in the armchair all day, <laughs> eating and sleeping. I don't know. How old are people when they do that? I certainly don't do that. Mind you, old now. The word old... It used to be someone in all oh, late 60s, early 70s, all oh, they're old. But these days, old is what, 90? I don't know. I certainly don't sit in an armchair and eat and sleep all the time. <laughs> it's the same with the term middle-aged, isn't it? A middle-aged person was sort of 40, 
40 to 45 is that was middle age now middle age is what 50s mid 50s isn't it you're not at all old in your 50s 60s and as you know I'm 71 I'm not old at all I was out in the garden yesterday firing up my engine fantastic I sat there on a chair watching it go (laughs) it's brilliant and of course Trish came out and she starts taking videos of me again oh I love the engine it's great fun Oh, there's one thing I've just remembered about the chap that promised me the lathe. He was a funny, apart from a compulsive lie, he was strange. In the winter, he'd say to me, we'd chat on the radio, and he'd say, have you heard the forecast for next week? And I'd say, no, 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 what's that? Oh, dear, Ice Age. Ice Age is coming, it's hitting us on Monday. You are going to freeze. Believe me, you are going to freeze. Water pipes. Your car engine, even though you've got antifreeze, the ice age is coming. Everything will freeze. He used to make it all up. Why do that? Because, you know, Monday would come and the weather was quite nice. In the summer, he'd say to me, have you heard about this weekend? The weather this weekend? No, no, what's that then? What's going to happen? Blistering heat. We are going to fry. It's going to be the hottest weekend in the last 10 million years. All this rubbish. Well, not 10 million years, but you know what I mean. He'd come out with all this nonsense. The weekend would come and it would rain. So I started doing the same thing back. I'd say to him, have you heard the forecast for next week? He'd say, no, no, what's that? Goodness me, it's going to be cold. This was winter, obviously, not summer. It's going to be really cold next week. I'm surprised. I've just heard the temperatures could drop to minus 30 centigrade, that is. Oh, what's that in Fahrenheit? I've no idea. I'll have to ask Alexa <laughs> in a minute. I don't have Alexa in the studio here, the high-tech studio, because she'd be interrupting me every five minutes. He'd believe me, though. That was the odd thing. He'd say, really, next week, minus 30? A strange person. Well, I've tried asking Alexa what minus 30 centigrade is in Fahrenheit, and she talks rubbish. She keeps saying minus 22 Fahrenheit. I said, no, no, no. What is minus 30 centigrade in Fahrenheit? I've just found on the web minus 22... Oh, Alexa, shut up. (laughs) Had a chat with a few friends on the radio the other day. We were talking about cars and the number of people in the country. I think I mentioned, was it on the midweek message, that um, the population in Britain is growing, but the birth rate is dropping. So that's odd. There's something, obviously, a lot of people are coming here from outside. But we were talking about cars and all the the traffic jams, gridlock. It's just a nightmare. And everyone was in agreement, really. It's too many people, just far too many people. But what's going to happen? The population's growing all the time. And then we mentioned this water shortage. Haven't built any reservoirs in the last 30 years, any new ones. But the population has gone up and up and up and up. So more people, obviously, the more people here the more people want water. As simple as that, the more water we need. And we're all talking about it and saying that no one seems to plan for the future. Obviously, we need more water because there's more people. We need more reservoirs. You can't do that with the roads, though. Funnily enough, we drove downtown, where was it, on last Sunday. Trish and I drove down the town. And the traffic was horrendous. There's cars everywhere, people everywhere. And I said to her, the 1960s aren't that long ago. You know, it's not hundreds of years ago, the 60s. And I remember downtown on a Sunday, it was deserted. 
I suppose the shops were closed. Hardly any cars. If you saw a car, you were lucky on a Sunday. All the shops were closed. No people, perhaps the odd one or two just milling about. But you didn't have all this gridlock stuff on a Sunday going on. It was incredible. Now that reminds me, talking of the shops being closed on Sunday, apparently one of the train drivers gripes, you know, this strike they're doing, they keep doing these strikes. Apparently what it is, Sunday, in the old days for train drivers, that wasn't a working day. It was overtime. And the train drivers want to keep it that way. And what the, is it the management or whoever they are, are saying, well, now, it, no, Sunday is an ordinary day now. Everywhere's open. Millions of people go to work on a Sunday. It's not as it used to be where everything is closed. And the train drivers are saying, well, no, we want it to stay as overtime. I mean, obviously they do. They work on a Sunday. They want, what is it, time and a half, double time or whatever they get paid. So obviously they want to keep that the same. And management are saying, well, no, businesses are open, shops are open, there's people around. It's just an ordinary day. So I can see both sides of the arguments. Where do you go from there? I'm still looking out of the window at that blue sky. It really is nice. The wind has dropped, the temperature's rising, and I'm going to go outside for a while. I shall see you in a second. It's now 5.30, Sunday morning. I've told you before I'm a, an early bird. I've been awake since four, <laughs> uh, sitting up in bed, looking on my iPad. It's going to be really hot today. The temperatures are rising. Blue sky again. The sun is actually coming in my window. My window's facing north and it, the sun is, what, northeast. And it's shining at an angle, of course, in the window. Don't see that very often. Only this time of year, only midsummer. And of course, in the winter, it's right round the other side of the house on the south side and very, very low. So yes, another happy summer day. One more thing about compulsive liars, I must tell you. A chap I knew, Derek his name was, he reckoned that he was from another planet. Now, of course, you're laughing. We all laughed. But he was a very intelligent chap. He was seriously into uh, astronomy. He loved the stars. He loved reading all about it. He had a telescope in his garden that he made himself. What was it? A, an eight-inch mirror, I believe. Eight-inch reflector-type mirror. And he was very much into all this. And he was convinced himself, at least, that he came from another planet. And he used to tell us all these amazing stories about how a spacecraft landed and he had to learn English and all. Oh, I don't know. None of us believed it, of course. But I've often wondered over the years, was there, <laughs> was there any truth in that? Here we are. I'll leave you with this thought. Is there life on other planets? If there are millions and billions of planets the same as our planet Earth, with oxygen and water and sunshine and everything you need to sustain our sort of life anyway, will there be life on other planets? The law of averages, whatever that is, I remember being quoted this many times by this chap, well, the law of averages states that there will be life on other planets. Well, I don't know, is there? What is the law of averages? <laughs> I suppose it says if there are billions and billions of planets exactly the same as our Earth, and there's life on our Earth, then there must be life on other planets. I don't know. They, don't, they reckon, don't they, that the whole thing, they reckon, don't they, that the whole thing about life on Earth was a huge 
not a mistake, but sort of a one in a billion billion chance that it could actually happen and cells actually appear and life begin. I don't know, fascinating subject. Now, my son, now here's the thing. <laughs> he tells me all about these things. He's heavily into all this stuff and it is very interesting. So he'll be listening to this and then he'll be contacting me and we'll have a three-hour chat all about it. <laughs> anyway, take care. I'm about to have a cup of tea and enjoy breakfast on the patio. How about that? Beautiful day. Just gone half past five Sunday morning. Take care. See you on Wednesday for the midweek message. Bye-bye for now.